on the Spencer the Pez, poking out at the cons, Renaissance vests, watch animated chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie, <laughs> sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the left to F in your dictionary and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor, I'm just the definition of a fanboy, Listen up, fanboys! It's the Fanboy Planet Podcast. Yeah, and here's your host, Word. the less mucusy than I am, Derek McCall. Yeah. Thank you. This is Derek look, McCall, editor in chief of FanboyPlanet.com. Grateful to my announcer, Lon Lopez, for coming here on his deathbed to uh, announce this show. He here. decided that the following podcast was better than sleep. Absolutely. And recuperation. That's right. So it's December 28th, a Friday, because, of course, comics have been delayed by a little holiday that apparently we can't mention by name. Christmas? No. Oh, okay. There you did. We do 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 the explicit tag now. Oh, okay. So we can say Christmas. Woo! Yeah. Yeah. It's party like a I had a good one. All right. And, of course, that was Rick Brettschneider, Moral Compass and Sound Engineer. Yo. Also partying like Chris Kringle, Mr. Michael Goodson. Ho. Yes, and occasional guest commentator, and and the best beard in fandom, Chris Garcia. Ho, ho, ho. You know, I was gonna say with his hair slicked back right now, he's got kind of like a a young Zeus thing going right now. Oh, young, oh, Zeus. <laughs> young Zeus is coming out from Bang, I think, <laughs> <laughs> or Boom, 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 Boom. Zeus has Young from Zeus. That's not a bad concept. Put it in the bad manga file. Here we go. <laughs> Young Zeus. Young because Zeus. think about it, like Zeus is what king of the god or king of the gods or god yes. of gods or like he must king have, of kings. He must have came up right. He could have all those wacky dating mishaps with Hera. Well, I was gonna say, okay, <laughs> here's Zorlac. Let me test. She you wanted away. a vulture. He showed up as a swan. Absolutely. Are there any mythical stories of a young Zeus co- rising to power? Yeah, he killed his dad. So, oh, okay. So, Kronos, so what did he do in the meantime? Go to like Riverdale High and stuff. Uh, no, his his dad ate him. And he uh, and he. Uh, no wonder he killed him. Yeah, and he he fought his way out of his father's stomach and killed him and, and ripped. Wasn't his it awesome off. how much the uh, simpletons knew of biology back then? Those wacky Greeks, <laughs> idiots. Well, they were gods. <laughs> <laughs> they were gods and titans. Right. Right. You know, it's okay. Yeah, titans. Anyways. Weren't they like giants? Harry Hamlin was on L.A. Law. <laughs> This much we know. I think he was on Veronica Mars as well. Huh. Yes, he was. And Mars is the Greek god of war, so or the Roman god I'd of like war. I'd like to so be on back. Veronica Mars. And so it <laughs> comes full circle. We've already established you don't. You don't like her. Anyway, we got a lot to talk about at the end of the year. Actually, not a lot. Of it's our last podcast of the year. Of 2007. That's Absolutely. A good That's a very good bet. Absolutely. <laughs> I know. We are stumbling across the Or it's the our first like, podcast of the new year. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on how much partying Rick does this weekend. That'd be true. Yes. All right. We've got comics to talk about. Top three choices in comics, movies, television. A little bit of comics, movies, and television news. And, of course, we've got Chris here, so we'll be talking a little bit about wrestling. And uh, something that our stateside listeners won't be getting for a little while. But, uh, oh, let's face it, they all have got it on their computers. The Doctor Who Christmas special aired... I don't have it yet. Appropriately enough on, on Christmas. Christmas, yes. Mm-hmm. So that, that's how we roll, Chris. Yeah, I know. Yeah, sorry, you missed it's, it. It's, it's your really, fault. 
It's really good. You, uh, in a podcast a couple weeks ago, if not just last week, bragged that you were going to have it before any of us. I know. My emule has failed me. Oh, my. Yeah. So Can't depend on the emule. No. No. Not. That's why I get e-coyotes. They're right. bringing in. Uh, yeah. Under with the border. bags have, of Doctor Who in their stomachs. I have e Lycos, that dog they used to throw mm. stuff to. Oh, hey. Yeah. They still fit. That's still Actually, I, think that, I think that's why I'm sick, because I have e Lycos right now. So. <laughs> I think that may be. Swarm I thought Ebola. You, I thought you said it was monkeypox. Mm. Let's talk, speaking of things that we like even more than monkeypox. Spoiler alert. For the next eight minutes, we're going to discuss everything about Spider-Man One More Day. If you don't want to hear that, jump ahead about eight minutes in the podcast. Of course, well, we're going to spoil Doctor Who a little bit later. So, hey, it's that kind of show. One more day over at Spider-Man. The last issue finally came out. One more issue. Did, did, did we really like it more than Monkeypox? I sense Less a lot than Monkeypox. I, oh, okay. I think maybe... Hmm. Well, I mean, I haven't read it. I've heard enough about it, though. What are you? Were you going to read it? No. No. See, so I don't feel like we're actually spoiling anything. Do it to it. Catch me up. How's it ruined the Marvel universe? How will the internet be broken in half? Well, here we go. Justify the twenty dollars I didn't spend. I can't justify it. I mean, I can say twenty dollars well not spent. Awesome. <laughs> well saved. <laughs> well saved, indeed. You could well mooched off of other people. You could have bought crack for that, you know. So and you, I, I did. Okay, so uh, well, yeah. As we all predicted, uh, Peter and Mary Jane sold not their souls, their happiness, their happiness to Mephisto, their once in a lifetime because they because that that uh, relationship, which of course was sort of cobbled together. After the death of Gwen Stacy, who turns out to be a once in a millennia love, and that it's so pure, and that the taste of, root, of of taking that away from God is so good to Mephisto. Although they don't say God, just they you know, say God. the other guy. Hmm. And so I believe is how they got it. that was so good to Mephisto that he was willing to change things. God's got all the back issues, <clears throat> right? So he doesn't need them. He knows he's yeah. got them. You think I'm a Zorlac? <laughs> anyway, uh, so. Not only are Peter and Mary Jane never been married, they get taunted by they will never have their daughter, even though technically, well, now it's sort of making sense to me because then none of that would have happened where the where Norman Osborn came back. Could and still happen. Could still happen that they would uh, get back together. Sure. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. Uh, it's it's she's a potential. It's <laughs> clear that they had some bad breakup though, and so I'm not quite sure. You know that that has been saved as a mystery. But the big thing is not only is you know Aunt May pulled back from the edge of death, but Harry Osborn has been revived completely. He's been dead for several years in the comics. Should we have added a spoiler alert before you said that? Or guess it doesn't by the matter. time this goes up, people have read it and okay. been outraged. I'll add something. Okay. Hmm. Rick often does. So what what is the new status quo? No where, one knows Peter's identity. Okay. So Civil War didn't. He's happen. back at the bugle, right? So he's back at the bugle. We are Rick and I have been debating this, in the, you know, before we started the podcast. Of is this then supposed to be present day? Is this going back? You know, it, it's hard to say. It can't be anything other than the 2007. But there's a lot of ramifications to this that I don't think editorials thought through because yeah, it, it definitely affects Civil War. A major turning point in the Civil War was the unmasking of Peter Parker. Now all those graphic novels make no sense. Well, and didn't we all? Can we all pat ourselves on the back right now? Because 
when that big event happened, and maybe you can reference our old podcast and see, but weren't all of us just saying like, oh, they're going to just change it in a couple years, either yep. Scarlet Witch or somebody's going to say a yeah, magic yep. thing. It's, she might, it's all going to be erased. Scarlet Witch might as well have just said, no more marriage. And it would have been gone. Marriage. She's Scarlet Witch, <laughs> not Elmer Fudd. <laughs> Scarlet <sorry>. Fudd. <laughs> Scarlet you know Peter what I mean? Cook. Like, we all knew. Marriage. Uh, no more oh, marriage. marriage. <laughs> uh, so, uh, the other yes, thing. Yes, we all did call that. We did call that. And the other thing that was noted in uh, Nick Fury, they've been running these Nick Fury secret files in the back of every Marvel comic for the last few weeks. And one of the things I said about Spider-Man is he did, goes into great detail about the facts about Spider-Man's web shooters. So the organic, basically, it's not one more day. It's no more of J. Michael Straczynski's changes. Everything has been reset. Not that anybody's known what to do with it. They haven't referenced the fact that he's got biological web shooters in at least a year. Yeah. The, that weird spider spike power he developed that make him like Wolverines maybe been used twice in two years, uh, and the fact that um, I think he ate an enemy alive and sucked he died dry. and came back. Uh, yeah, yeah, all those things just sort of excuse me. Didn't like it. It's over. Well, it's Crisis I'm, on Infinite Parkers. I'm okay with undoing most of Straczynski's runs, particularly the Gwen Stacy and Norman had kids. Mm, yeah, there's yeah. that. So uh, is that undone? Who knows? Yeah. Mm. So Mephisto didn't actually tamper with the Gwen Stacy timeline. I don't know. It's really hard to tell what's been tampered with and what hasn't been. Except now I know why Johnny Michael Straczynski might not have wanted his name on the last issue, which yeah. basically said, <laughs> by the way, everything I wrote, crap! <laughs> so the that's another thing is, too, is fight. if you bring back Harry... Okay, so then... Who did die in the last film, so really... Well, but the thing is, is like, you bring back Harry... You have to go back and look at continuity and think of all the different things their lives would have been affected by if Harry would have still been there or not right. been there. Well, it's the same or, thing as the Civil War, all the stuff that Peter well, did. Well, would Norman Osborn have gone into hiding, or is Norman Osborn now you know, dead? Would he have become the leader of the Thunderbolts? Yeah. So, I mean, it, it is. It, did Harry become Goblin too? I mean, right, really right. The ripples are just so huge that it's just like, okay. If, if the Way to go. Are, if the editors are all smart, oh, God, what a statement. <laughs> they will try and minimize the effect on other books as much as possible. But how can you? Well, the best way to do you that is not, don't, don't, don't. Never talk about it again. <laughs> don't talk about yeah. it. Um, no, it's to, it's to completely step, it's to step it back as far as possible and keep it in that timeline. Right. So you're not going to get to the point where it really does affect everything. Ah, see, better. well, then it would go back. And that, Which, that would be interesting. So he's always he's like really into Wham right now. <laughs> I was a little I was a little afraid because he was singing. What was the song he was singing as he comes up oh. the steps? It was. Uh, oh, do we still have that copy here? Yeah, it was. Uh, well, the owner of the Lonely Hearts. But no, something along those lines. Owner of the Owner of a Lonely Heart. No, feeling groovy. Feeling, feeling groovy. groovy. All right, it's back to the 60s. All oh, right. Oh, my God, how far back have they taken <laughs> Aunt May's about to go see hair. Uh, yeah, she's right. about to be in hair. Which was in an issue. I do. Re- oh I remember God, that, really? that, that, uh, that she and Anna Mae Watson went to see hair because they wanted to get hep. Uh, hep? Hepatitis? Hep, hep, that's, uh, that's how it was described. It was a 60s issue. I got three shots for that. It was Stan Lee being, you know, he was hip. He was cool. He was, he in, was hep. He, he, had his, he had his finger on the pulse. He was of, under 80. He was under 80. Yeah. Hey, it's his birthday today. He had hep really? in his Today? Today is Stan Lee's Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Stan. Happy birthday, Stan. 
Happy birthday, Mr. So by the Elite. time this makes up, it'll be a little bit late, but you know. Happy birthday, true believer. God, God love him because, you God know, again. God bless all your work. He's got more energy right now than Lon than ever do. will. <laughs> so, true. you know. He's, Me he's too. Yeah. Andy's got all, <laughs> no, really. Andy's got more ambition. And he's so got the sense. And he's getting all of Heifer's leftovers. <laughs> he's got the sense to always be wearing sunglasses. Always. Mm-hmm. Always. I just don't have that kind of ambition to, uh, you know, run around marketing myself all the time. I know. Think of like, think of the horror. We'll talk. Putting Michael. my name on Stripperella. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Getting, you wouldn't want to put your name on uh, Pam Anderson? I'd like to. No. Well, no. You, you wouldn't like to write. you ever seen her without makeup? It's pretty ugly. Oh, uh, well, now. Yeah. Once upon a time, she was No, cute. no, once upon a time, she was quite a lovely woman. Let's move along. Yes, all right. That, that's, that's just awkward. I, I'm tired of people asking me about Pam Anderson, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Can we just move on? All I'm the paparazzi. I'm, enough. I'm, I'm sorry, Michael. I'm really sorry. Thank you. But there we go. Uh, <laughs> so uh, one comic that I, I wanted to recommend this week that I mean was that uh, there's a one shot, and this is the way I actually prefer my Marvel characters now. One it's shot. Like, it's like if somebody does a one shot that's a really nice definition. It's like, oh, that was a really entertaining read. You know what I like about one shots? <laughs> I don't have to worry that they're going to get any better than what they are. Exactly. Exactly. That's so how I, I feel. Say- so Tom Bayland. Who writes True Story, Swear to God, an autobiographical comic for Image Comics. And I, I think he self-published before that. Uh, and a couple years ago wrote a Spider-Man and Mary Jane um, romance comic. That was like the best Spider-Man comic in, yeah. in Mary Jane Loves years. Spider-Man. Uh, no, 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 because that's the, that's the girl's title. Okay. It was a one-shot. It was like when they oh. were doing the Valentines. Was that the red and blue? I, I don't remember what the name of it was. But, okay. it, but it was uh, It was great. And well, I should, yeah. I mean, truly, what what we've been getting from Spider Man lately, it's like they could have Spider Man just sat in his apartment um, playing Nintendo all day, and that would be better than many of the issues of Spider Man. But this actually was good, defining the relationship and proving that their marriage wasn't boring. That it could have been a really good character thing to have a, a good, healthy love affair going on between a married couple. But uh, so I thought you were going to say with Felicia Hardy. I'm okay with that too, but Kevin Smith's the one. You know, was anybody else as shocked as I was when she basically Kevin Smith wrote it where she was so blunt about having had sex with Spider Man, and it was like, no, Peter wouldn't do that. Yeah. Peter wouldn't have premarital sex. He wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Not even not even Felicia Hardy. Anyway, uh, but back to what Tom Balin wrote. Loser today. What? <laughs> Impotent. <laughs> Radioactive. You know. Listen, bud. He's got radioactive buds. I'd poison uh, her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah. <laughs> and we've got an explicit tag again. Uh, but anyway, Tom Balin wrote. Uh, correct me on the pronunciation because I know it's uh, you know Garcia. Uh, Fantastic Four, Ia de la Muerte, Island of the Dead. See, si. see. Si, thank you. Thank God we brought you in for this. Um, <laughs> Hey, Eddie. here's Lon Lopez. Let's ask him. No, he doesn't know. He's a Native American. Oh. So, uh, what? <laughs> nothing runs with scissors. Anyway, what? sits with back to podcast. <laughs> Actually, he doesn't have a name yet. He hasn't been on his vision quest. Okay, but anyway, uh, it's a story of the thing. It apparently takes a three day vacation every year to Puerto Rico. 
where they I, I like this. This is nice. After forty years, we find out something he does every year. He does every year. Well, he, that he has for a couple of years. He said and he gives an explanation as to where it fit in continuity where he started. And it, why it, do they even care about continuity anymore? Well, but it's a one shot, so it's, it's fine. It's a great definition of Fantastic Four. He goes there, and there's a there's a fortress in Puerto Rico called El Moro, so they call him El Morito. He's the little fortress, and they have three days of nothing but drinking and dancing and celebrating. And of course, him. It, it yes, him, and it kills the rest of the Fantastic Four that they don't know where he's going, so they all follow him down. And it's it's uh, it was like it again, great one shot. It doesn't have to get any better. The weird irony is you've got Tom Balin, who lives in Puerto Rico, uh, and talks about his own marriage. Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico. Oh, I'm sorry. Thank you. Lovely island. (laughs) Yes. Island of tropical. Thank you. Occasionally makes comments. (laughs) 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 So, uh, (laughs) but he's, Tom Balin lives in Puerto Rico. True Story, Swear to God, is the story of his romance with his Puerto Rican, I guess now wife. Um, And uh, so. Heine. He's very, very open. Uh, you know, you know, his life's an open book, an open comic book, and the artist is Juan Doe, meaning, of course, John Doe, who's the most elusive of current artists. No, Juan Doe, who uh, drew one of the X books a while ago, one of the ones that nobody read, but it was like... Mm. But, uh, but it's like never photographed without like some disguise on. No one knows what his real name is. So I thought it was kind of weird that they put the most open writer with the... Most elusive artist. Maybe, Maybe they're, they're the, the same, same person. person. I, that was so hot when you guys did that. Uh, Buckethead might not have been available, yeah. so that uh, might have. Buckethead? Are you sure Wanda? I'm wasting this stuff on you guys. Isn't no, the you unknown are. comic? I'm, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> no. Because uh, He's the unknown comic artist. Yeah, because I think the unknown comic is not ecologically viable now. All that paper bag wastage. Hmm. Paper yeah. or plastic? Uh. Plastic would That's have, how he died. <laughs> would have put a lot of us out of our misery. No, he took his mask off for one of the police academies. No, he was in that one with Ginger Lynn. Don't ruin it. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> I haven't seen that. Don't ruin <laughs> Don't ruin Vice, Vice Squad. Spoilers. <laughs> I have an off-the-air story about that film. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, other things uh, that I wanted to talk about is, is everybody's got Christmas money now. Rick recommended this months ago, and I got to go in for the Jack Kirby's Fourth World Omnibus, reading all the Fourth World stuff in Up order. To volume just, four now, just as they kill every new god and the death of new gods. It's very ironic. A little bit, cash in, cash out. So, hmm. I thought, of course, now we're into the section of comics, guys. End of the year, top three comics of the year for you. Want to go around the table? One more sure. day. Throw it out. Let's One it. more day. Long, oh, long, go on the limb. Bold choice. Bold. Since he hasn't read any anyway, he might as well mention the last title he remembers. Why don't we start with Chris? Chris Garcia. I literally maybe read 20 comics this year. So what are the three out of those 20 that you really enjoyed? Wow. It's Captain so Carrot in the final arc? Captain Carrot in the final arc up until the final moments. Uh, I Actually, you know one I would actually say that I didn't expect to enjoy, but I started from issue one about a month ago, and I'm up to now six, is the Justice Society. I was, okay. a, I yeah. was actually pleasantly surprised. That was pre-Lightning Saga, Justice Society? No, I think, well. No, no the, yeah, the first arc is pre-Lightning arc, Saga. Yeah, yeah okay. that's true. Yes, where you just think Starman's crazy. Right. Yeah. Which I always have. And then uh, I'm going to keep referencing say, uh, 52, which I, I remember. I have to say um, the Hitman trade I bought 
from Okay, well Hitman definitely that's an oldie but a goodie oh, yeah. and uh, absolutely and one thing that the JLA Hitman kind of crossover they did um, a specials a couple months ago. Yeah. A great revival of the character and so if you could still find that or buy that in a trade paperback when that gets collected that was excellent. Hitman or the JLA JLA Hitman. Yeah. Which, I'd like to really pick up the Hitman trades, but there aren't very many of them. Right. It's a series that definitely needs to be reprinted along with Ambush Bug. I agree. Yes. Mm. Amen. Cheers to that. Here's yeah. for the new year. Shout out to you, Dio. They could do a hardback Ambush Bug am- on of us. I would. I would. I would Absolute love that. ambush. <laughs> Absolute. There ambush. is there is rumor for 2008 that part of Keith Giffen's exclusive deal mm. is that he gets to revive Ambush Bug. <gasps> Mm. All right, I have a favorite. Lon. Lon? Um, probably the most satisfying read for me all year was 52. I thought that was that was last year, right? That was number one. I'm, I'm going to say number one on my list. Um, 52? 52. Mm-hmm. Had, you know, it had the four different real story arcs going through the book, weekly issues, um, so I could always, you know, every week I had something to look forward to. Yep. Well-written, well-drawn. Um didn't really worry about you know it had an ongoing like connective mm-hmm. storyline that all came together at the end which was really satisfying um and just you know had just you know satisfied my love of comics that you know it basically kept me entertained kept me su- surprised and shocked and and it was mm-hmm. an entertaining yeah. read. So. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I want to add to that. Uh, great characterizations, great character changes, and good, good storyline. Great characterizations of C-list characters. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like bring, making C-list characters A-list stars of this book. You know, Animal Man, uh, Adam Strange, uh, almost completely bobbled now. In in in. in but we got to remember it was tied into the whole of the one year after stuff. Yeah, and, identity you know, crisis. Er, Infinite Crisis. Infinite right? Crisis. So, it, it, well, I think it's good that you mentioned Justice Society of America because that is the one of the one year later's mm-hmm. that I think worked. Yeah. When you came back to one year later with Justice Society, that one it was no, there were yeah. no like weird mysteries that they went. Whoops, we have no answers. But wasn't that John's involvement? Yeah, was John. Yeah, John's was writing it after John, Jeff Johns revived it with Alex I had, Ross. Yeah. I had had no use for that book before that. I I, I I pick I've it up every now and then when it's a crossover and stuff. But I, I when it came back out and uh, I mean the covers were marvelous and that's really what drew me in. Well, the enjoyed, story kept me coming. What I enjoyed most about Fifty Two is it was really like the crazy ideas that Grant Morrison is yes. capable of pulling out of Grant Morrison land, uh-huh. but Respond, explained by other writers. By <laughs> other writers, I have such a hard time following it when he writes. Either stuff happens between panels, characters come and go, and it's just like. Well, if you were able to step into the Tesseract space, which is in the panel borders, which he is able to do, then you'd have experienced it. But you give him three other writers to refine and process those ideas; it's going to be quality every time. Uh, yeah, it's so okay. good. I, I've been tempted, tempted to buy the novelization. I and mean, yet Rick and I have had a conversation where it's like, have we ever been satisfied by a novelization of, of any... It's like the with? worst homework reading you ever do. <laughs> it's like, God, I know where the story is going, and I really I can't stand it. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I, I had forgotten about that, 52. But the, what about Lon? That was I have a second one. one. I yeah. don't know about a third one. Um, Push I'll have to think about it for a second. But um, I was quite pleased because I've been, since, since a kid, I've been a huge fan of, uh, of uh, Power Man and Iron Fist. So uh, this year, saw, oh yeah, this year saw probably one of the best um, 
I guess, versions of the Danny Rand, Iron Fist, right. and then, you know, of course, it was Brew, Break, Brew Baker. A soft, and Matt Fraction. Kind of a, and soft, Matt Fraction. a soft retcon of the story, but not, not totally. But also kind of, it's not in. like he sold his soul and we brought back, okay. Sorry. True. But also creating a new kind of myth for that, you know, yeah. like, you know, passing on the power and there were few totally. you know, previous. Totally. So I just found that, you know, Iron the immortal Iron Fist being really entertaining Satisfying reads, so. uh, and, and that's a character I could have cared less about, right, right. or couldn't have cared less about before. But I really like reading well, this. See, book. he's yeah. always been a favorite character of mine, but he's never had you know success with his own book or anything else. He's always been taken as a joke character, or you know show up as like you know team well, he up does with Spider Man. Pretty lame costume. You know what? The funny thing is, I he love wears his slippers. That holds a guy back, and they're karate booties. <laughs> karate they're what? The karate booties. Karate booties. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Booties. Yeah, that's what I called them when I was twelve too. <laughs> well, I'm just saying. That I, socks I love my karate let's, booties. Let's bring in Ernie Reyes Jr. from across the street and see what he calls them. Let's go on to Michael. What do you got? Um, well, I, I spent a lot of the year catching up on pop culture, not staying, you know. Weekly and monthly and focus it. So, so I, you're I, at uh, 1994 now? Is that right? I, I'm up to about 2006, actually. I, the things I remember reading that I really enjoyed were the uh, second Ultimates, Volume 2. Uh-huh. Finally got around <laughs> to reading that. Then I read uh, Ultimates, Volume 3, Issue Number 1, and I just want to tell you, Derek, please do not buy another issue of that goddamn comic. Did not enjoy uh, Ultimates, Volume 3. Don't need to continue spending money on it. Did the Jeff Loeb, already? The Jeff Loeb, Je- Joe Matarera. Love the yeah. art, but weird art too. People just like swollen up to weird sizes. And yeah, he's some inappropriate. Yeah, I, stuff I, I for was. The ultimate line I, I was not particularly impressed with it either, and I thought, and they talked about how shocking it was, and it was a typical, typical Jeff Loeb thing. Yeah, you know, a typical trick. And as much as I, I like Jeff, you know, it's just like. But it was great having just finished Ultimates Two by Miller. Who I absolutely loved. I mean, I thought his storyline was really good. I thought the characters were written. I thought the art was well done. And it, I know that there were just severe delays throughout the whole run, and that's why I bank them until I've got all twelve. Yeah, yeah. So I can read it in one shot, really get a, a and have a chance of, a story, of remembering what was happening, following yes. stuff. And it, it really was a, a well put together storyline <clears throat> that I enjoyed this year. I also caught up on Brubaker Daredevil. I stopped reading that when Bendis uh, left, mm-hmm. and you know, thought uh, this is a title I can drop. I'm good. And then just started hearing all the Brubaker buzz. Finally caught the first, I think, 12 issues that he wrote after that. And they were right. He would, his stuff is awesome. Yeah. So I'm, I'm back on Daredevil now, thanks to him. And, and really enjoyed that <laughs> Back on the Daredevil. Man. Back I'm on the Daredevil. <laughs> Got that spike. It makes me blind. <laughs> I got that radar sense. Okay. I came up with one more. Can I add my Sure. Yes. Jump in here. Sure. The single issue, I think, for me biggest uh nerd gasm can we say that sure, sure. yes um planet hulk number one where he fights black bolt oh world war hulk, world world war hulk. hulk. Okay, oh yeah sorry. definitely that was like a great fun like back to comics. that was such an exciting yep. issue yeah that was just a solid like i want to hear you scream yeah it was like reading that i was like you whisper i'm like this is hulk you know mm-hmm. what i mean and then like and finally like you know you never get to see black bolt fight anybody. He's always like, you know... Don't mess doing, with him. He's right. the threat. Right, exactly. Nobody ever sees it. This is one episode, or one issue where we actually get to see him use his power and then against the Hulk, you know, the strongest one there is. Although so. I have to admit I was very disappointed to discover, I, I don't know how this ever escaped me, but that his name is like Black... 
Blackamus Boltagon. <laughs> oh. <laughs> like, it just happens to shorten to Black Bolt. <laughs> like, what? Can't we just call him? That him? was mentioned in the Illuminati number yeah. five, and it was like, how did I never pick up? That's so lame. <laughs> I mean, I, I actually enjoyed all of the Planet Hulk slash World War Hulk, and I knew that you know Derek would probably throw it out there. But uh, the, the thing that that series really gave you a chance to do in a lot of occasions was to really see who is the biggest powerhouse in the Marvel Universe and actually to fulfill that fanboy fantasy of having them go against each other. Yeah. So now we know that Hulk can totally kick Black Bolt's behind. Mm-hmm. But then, though, wasn't it later revealed that Black Bolt was a scroll? But not that one. Are no. you sure? We're not sure. We're we don't not know. sure. That's what's no, coming that, in 2008. That one was Jason Todd. Well, I'm just saying, though, but here... <laughs> ah. He swapped out for Clayface. But see, here goes Marvel again, ruining our nerd fantasies by, you know, changing continuity and going, well, Black Bull was a scroll, so maybe he never mm-hmm. lost Literally, to exactly. well, this, is, this, is, this is what Garcia and I talked about a week ago, that, that uh, the WWE will build up number one guy, number two guy, and they will have a fight, and it will be unresolved, really, because we really want just a clean finish between who's stronger, number one or number two. But number three always comes in, and then two and three fight, and one moves on to something else, and you never really get that. It's settled. Yeah. On this night, I beat you. We can do it again. We can do another month. We can do another pay-per-view, but you may win that night. But and well, I choose the- to believe that Hulk just kicked that is what butt. I choose to believe as well. I can't believe that it was a scroll because if it was, you'd make your scroll army all have Black Bolt power of speech. And mm-hmm. sure. what would yeah, I, yeah. I would. I would also think that if when you had the snot beaten out of you, like like you would, yeah, I wouldn't keep my concentration yeah. and maintain my Black right. Bolt oh. form. Yeah, you know, <laughs> so, a lot of a lot of shapes. So that, feel that did way. you get to your third? Ah, uh, you go, let's move on. We got plenty more three lists. I'll, okay. I'll throw out two. Go ahead. Uh, well, Lon already hit fifty-two, which was my number one. I mean, just kept on going right to the top mm-hmm. of my read pile. Never, yeah. never, never dissatisfied that, with it. And that's where I think weekly comics worked very well. Yeah. Where, whereas Countdown does not. Countdown doesn't make it. And I, I really, I was thinking Countdown. Oh, you know, fifty-two was really a great run, and it just hasn't. been I think carried Countdown through on. has sharpened. But and it's only been in the last few weeks that they finally decided that, oh, yeah. yeah. It went down to 19 or I know. I know. It took too long. It yeah. absolutely took too long to make sense. But yeah. it proves that there is a market for weekly comics, which I have been pushing for since I started reading comics and realized that it's 30 days between issues, and I really don't have that kind of memory. Okay. But weekly comics, 52 was there every week. I was always up. Yeah. Always and up. it was always exciting. Love always it. something happening that was exciting. So. Okay. I'm going to throw out a surprise for number two for me, and that was Alien Pig Farm. Oh, with uh, Todd you're gonna throw, you're gonna throw in Todd Thomas Jane. You're gonna give a little shout out to Jane. I thought that was a great, great book. I can't wait for it to come out in a trade. I'll be buying that and giving it to friends as presents because, I mean, it was artwork that harkened back to the the uh, the Frazetta artwork with. Uh, and this year at Comic Con, I'm putting you on interview duty. You better get your corner at Thomas okay. Jane and Gush. Okay. I'm sure he doesn't hear it enough. Yeah. No, I I, I just love that <laughs> love that book. And then uh, my number three, I'm going to go with Ultimate Power. And I'm including in the, that the side run with uh, Nighthawk and Hyperion that occurred in the, in Africa. That, those the, Darfur, just, the Darfur story? The Darfur yeah, story. Those I just read. And, and I think I love that book because they are really pushing the edge of what a team book is all about. You don't have perfect characters. You have people who are actually kind of not uh, not good people. And but they're they're moving forward. And, that, the and that's an instance where I think Straczynski set that premise up so well. Yeah, I know the guy can write because I read Midnight Nation and uh, 
What is the other one he wrote? Rising uh, Stars. Rising Stars. Rising Stars. Yeah. And he, those those are brilliant comic book series, and and really enjoyed the setup for that series. But well, I think that when the trade comes out, Thor, you're going to enjoy. Right. Yeah. As long as you don't have to read the first issue on its own. Okay. That was the very frustrating thing. But every issue after that, I have absolutely loved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so maybe Straczynski needs to not hang around Spider Man. He needs to not hang around with Casada. Yeah. yeah. Because I'm sorry, but Ash. Interesting concept, but I mean, the weird thing about putting a guy in as editor in chief, and it's, you know, I mean, he's got talent, not as distant, but just because you get made editor in chief and you hired Kevin Smith to write Daredevil doesn't mean you're the brilliant story guy. No. And to be guiding that, and I'm sorry, and the same thing goes on Dan DiDio's side. Yeah. Because DiDio drives a lot of what's going on in DC, and those editors, I would rather let a writer go nuts and then have an editor go, I got a problem if you do that, could you pull that back in, than to say, this is what you're doing. You know, and mm. so it's kind of it's there. There it goes. I have two asterisks I have to throw in there too, though. Um, Roger Maris. Mm, yeah, exactly. <laughs> These are comics who are on steroids. No, uh, that answers so many of my questions. Um, the Garcia did report. Did I get that trivia? Which did comics? Did I get that right? You got that right. I got that right. Woohoo! Sports geek joke. <laughs> <laughs> A little over the top. If my wife's listening, you've never wanted me more. All right, go no, ahead. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, Zom- hey. Zombies, Marvel zombies, Marvel zombies. I've, 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 I've that's just a fun. Whenever, wherever yeah, they show yeah, up, it's it's always a good time. <laughs> <laughs> and a good time was had by all that survived. Exactly. <laughs> and the other one, the other one, I really wanted. It was an uneven book, but I when I was thinking back through the moments last year, the issue of the Illuminati where Tony Stark talks about oh, women. sex with had a mask. <laughs> that that was kind of like a female Doctor Doom. Why would you have sex with a female Doctor Doom? Doom? Him and Namor. <laughs> what a what a great great Marvel superhero guys just being guys <laughs> hanging out talking. Xavier I can, complaining about my wife, my my, my lover, the alien empress. <laughs> yeah, I, I just I can go back and read problems. that anytime. They've got problems They've we got, can only dream of. But, I will but, have to check that in, out. I missed that issue. But in a way, very familiar. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I totally. Was. I have one gripe I wanted to put up to you guys. Okay, has anybody been reading New Avengers? No. Yeah, not with any regularity. Okay, Rick, did you say yeah? I think so. Okay, I have one issue. If you've been reading it lately... Okay, so Echo is a main character in the book. Uh Uh-huh. Now, Echo's known for being what? Deaf. Right. Now, it's been explained that she's excellent at reading lips. Excellent. But every... if If you pay attention in the book, a lot of people talk and they're not facing Echo, but they're talking to Echo. It's a still picture. No, but what I'm saying, though, is is that... You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's like implied that she's this awesome. She can actually read the vibrations on the back of people's heads as the sound waves okay, travel. That's through. lame. So, <laughs> so but the thing is, like they're giving her all this dialogue. I'll like, bet I could tell what what Chris Garcia says just by looking at his beard wiggle. Really? No, but okay, it makes him a more grotesque Iron image. Man be, Iron Man be a tough one though. I, well, there's that. I'm just saying though, but like they give her all this dialogue now. You know, making it be like she's this, you know, in the middle of this conversation, creating this great character. And I'm like, and she can read Spider Man's lips yeah, while he has the like, mask on. Yeah, so that never happened now. Yeah. I so, bet there's uh, sometimes. It <laughs> hasn't happened yet. yet. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I bet there's sometimes you go back to Daredevil and find the same kind of mistakes where you yeah, couldn't really have told that because. Maybe. But I'm just saying, like, I, I, I got kind of upset with uh, Bendis for that because it's like, 
you know, because he, basically he lost Spider-Woman. Spider-Woman left. And I don't know if there's any other prominent... Oh, and... Well, there's no other prominent female... Right. ...in the, in the team anymore. So he shifted a... Le- uh, Echo to that role, yeah, just to have the female character dialogue, and I'm like, just because he has a man crush on David Mack, and she's Echo, and Echo yeah. is David. So Mack's I was just creation. my that's my biggest gripe of the year. So. We need to get to Derek's stuff. We yeah, don't need do to. It. I mean, just, yes, you we know. do. I, I went for the things that we don't talk about that much, and I realized that it's almost it's it is all DC. Uh, I, I have a tie between Birds of Prey and Justice League of America, not because. They're so fantastic. It's that they survived a really high-profile writer change and are still as entertaining as they were. In fact, I think Dwayne McDuffie on Justice League is doing a better job than Brad Meltzer did in reviving Justice League of America, and that's super entertaining. And Sean – it's not not Sean McKeever. um, It's Chuck Austin, isn't it? No, John Costin is not on Birds of Prey. But Gail Simone left Birds of Prey, and she totally made me love that book. And then whoever it is that took over, I'm I know, I'm pretty sure it's Chuck Austin. I'm pretty sure it's uh, not. He was writing every book for a while. No, I know, but I that was a long time ago. Chuck Dixon? No, it's not Chuck Dixon. He didn't return. It's uh, it's somebody that they stole from Marvel. Um, it, it, doggone it. Christopher Priest? No, it's not. No, I like no, please. Christopher Priest. Yeah, you, know, you know that would be all over if I <laughs> if I was praising a Christopher Priest book, um, and and you know it, you jerk. Uh, you know how to wound worse than anybody with my comics hates. But Birds of Prey is still really, really readable and fun, and she, and it's it's almost as if you you wouldn't notice that somebody that Simone wasn't writing it anymore. So I was really thrilled with that. We talk about fables a lot, but Jack of Fables for a spinoff, mm-hmm. so doggone fun. And Steve keeps forgetting that I want that on my pool list, so I have to keep going and get that. So if he ever were to listen to these podcasts, oh, and I know great. he doesn't, no. But to say, Steve, Jack of Fables should be on the pool list. It's a great, great book. It's fun. I agree. I've read the first six. I'm still banking the rest. But uh, and I just, yeah. I just, Don't still, I love his T-shirt that says, you know, ensemble books are for losers. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, and Brave and the Bold. Yeah, Mark Wade's Brave and the Bold has been just yeah. this great whirlwind tour through the DCU. That's that's fun, and then this this you know, the issue I, that came out today is three short stories all tied in together with the challenges of the unknown as the cement. But Black Hawks and the Boy Commandos and yeah. and Metal Men and Dial H for Hero. I mean, he's really digging in and having fun with the DC universe. You know what I realized about the first couple issues that's of that was that I like I like uh, George Perez artwork, but mm-hmm. I. He's always it's always so over the top because he has so many characters in every panel. Mm-hmm. That, but Brave and the Bold is just two or maybe four, three. You know, so mm-hmm. like it was more. I, I wasn't getting as confused trying to mm-hmm. dissect each panel to say mm-hmm. who's in this panel. It was just you're reading Perez the story on. more instead of reading more of the story. <laughs> it's like oh, like oh, who's that? And they're always the and, and, and the thing is they're always the best versions. Of the heroes. Yeah. Their personalities are the things that made us like them in the first place. That bit it's, with Green Lantern and Supergirl. Yeah, for it's an unconflicted Hal Jordan who's just noble, good, and he's a little bit roguish, but you know, it's it's he's fun. Supergirl isn't the super hoochie, and she's just she's just a teen girl playing with the big boys, and yeah. it's a and it's a legit characterization, you know. Well, I don't know why Michael snickered at that, but you know, it, it. But compared to what she is in the Supergirl book, I think there was a little bit of a Supergirl tease going on with uh, Green Lantern. Well, sure, issue. but yeah. that's something that a seventeen-year-old would, you know, she's playing with it, okay. but not in a way that's like 
you know, it's not dangerous. It's not something an older man might, you know, also kind of think when he was around a seventeen-year-old girl. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Did right. we cover just, this earlier? Just saying, Wade and I, just we think alike. I don't saying know. you guys are playing with the big boys. <laughs> Derek okay. said she was playing with it, too. <laughs> I know. I, oh. We should move on. We should. So that those are mine. They're books we haven't talked about that much, but I, I just realized they are so much fun. I've just enjoyed them all year. And, and hey, big props to uh, Sinestro and uh, Hulk. Well, sure. Oh, yeah. For the obvious choices, which we all did a nice job of avoiding, except one. They, <laughs> they were big events. And I, I felt like we talked about Planet yeah, World War Hulk a lot. We've talked about the Sinestro Cold War. But they, yeah. but those were crossovers that absolutely worked. Because yep. I'm, I'm, you know. they only crossed over with like one or two books. Yeah. Which yeah. still made it very readable. Good mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, there we go. Uh, and now we get to move Hulk today in movies, mm-hmm. Universal, released, or Paramount, I guess. Exactly. Shush, it's not a good segue if you actually call attention to it. We're trying to work on the subtleties. That's why I didn't yell at you. Oh, yeah, we're, <laughs> we're working the subtleties. <laughs> Compared to what we could be, Rick. Working oh, the Lord. Like a pro. <laughs> this is very, we've got a subtlety Anyhow, going on right now. Three pictures were released pictures from, from Paramount's the, production the of Edward the Incredible Norton. Hulk. Technically two. Yeah, the, the picture of the Hulk, That's a looks like that a painting. Was, that was released at Comic-Con. That, so that was a concept painting because it, it's yeah. the only one that has, has. Basically, they showed that when they were doing the Hulk presentation at Comic Con. Okay, I hadn't so, seen that before. So then we have not seen any Hulk pictures. Well, just just two pictures of, of the face. Just yes. two pictures of Edward Norton looking very very intense. But can I can I say something that I noticed? Sure. Compare those pictures to the Robert Downey Jr. Iron Man pictures. What was the one similarity in both of those? Um, they're holding something up in front of them. And they're wearing a... Wife beater? Yes. <laughs> what is up with these Marvel characters in their... Did you bring them up on your BlackBerry? In their t- it's not a BlackBerry. I'm sorry! <laughs> on my Motorola QM9. Does that I'll know, all I remember is the Q. Like a champ. <laughs> <laughs> so, something yeah, about so, wife beaters yeah. in the Marvel Universe. Yeah, why, why is it they they got to wear these tough guy <laughs> wife beater shirts? Because I think it's taking two very wussy looking actors and Ooh. making them tough guys. Really? Tough Bad boys. Well, at, Bad least, boys. at least Robert Downey oh, like bulked up for his role. Which is, Edward Norton always has a history of that to me. Edward Norton, I know he's a good actor. I know he's a good writer. I'm fine with that. But... No matter how many times the movies tell me so, I just don't believe Edward Norton. American History X, dude. Haven't seen it. Oh, oh, oh yeah. he got big <laughs> for that role. I swear you will not even recognize that it's Edward Norton. Yeah. Okay, okay. I, I went into Martin. the movie knowing Edward Norton was in the movie, and then 20 minutes in, I went, That's, That's Edward Norton? Norton? Okay. All right, so I, I will uh, I will check I, that out. I hadn't seen that Hulk. That it will either. go no further. I hope the Hulk looks like that because that's so much better than the Shrek Hulk that uh, <laughs> we, we've referenced before. Well, he's got features. He does. He looks like the Hulk. He's got lines in his face. Like you'd want to see him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. check He's out. got no talking donkey. <laughs> no. <laughs> I got no good. <laughs> he's got William Hurt. Oh, that's wow. all I know. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Uh, it, but I, I'd say there's still a painting or a you know or a CG model. No, it's CG. Yeah, or it's not so, a painting. Uh, but that's the only real news because I mean Hollywood kind of takes the week off and they sort of you know just go off and blah blah blah. But now we so we can turn to our top three movies, movies. of the year. Okay, Garcia, what startling movie that nobody's ever heard of are you going to put in your list? Juno. Now we've heard of it. Yeah, no, I saw that the other day and thought it was brilliant. Uh, it's one of the, the 
sweetest films of the teen genre that's ever been done. And scarily, I saw way too much of myself in Justin. In a uh, sweeter Bateman. than 13 going on 30? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah Which okay. I did love, in fact. Uh, for me, second, we all? Sweeney Todd. Um, mm-hmm. Not entirely for Borat's very tight pants. but uh, Oh, Lordy, they was tight. They was. But uh, I thought it was a really beautifully done movie. But the third one is the one that no one's heard of. It's The Ten. It's the uh, comedy about I the Ten. I just got that on DVD. Yule Brenner. Brilliant. Absolutely hilariously funny. Have you watched it yet? No, I just okay. got it. I just got it. I haven't had a chance to open it up. From the folks who did The State, uh, David Wayne directing, uh, David Wayne and... Uh, the, the, the Baxter? Uh, no. Oh, okay. The Baxter was... Wet Hot Joel. American Summer? Uh, Long Hot American Summer, yeah. But uh, absolutely hilarious. <laughs> wet Hot American Summer? You don't know what the hell you're talking yes, about. Yes, yes, I man. do. The wet, is it the wet hot American summer? I'm sorry. Was the summer hot or wet, <laughs> or was it just long? It was. It was humid. wet because I I videotaped it, and my wife put the videotape in and saw the title "Wet Hot American Summer," and almost killed me. <laughs> and I said, "No, it's a comedy! I swear, it's a comedy!" But let's watch a few minutes. Huh? Here's how good the ten is. I can watch it and not want to stab Gretchen Mole with a fork. In oh, the eye. wow! And I hate that. That means Mole. nothing to any of us, really. I even hate, after she played Betty Page, even Chris after Garcia. she played Betty Nod Page. your head and agree. <laughs> or, and I'm done. Or hide your goats, people. Lon. <laughs> Goat people. Uh, not giving it much thought. Why, uh, why start now? <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to say the two that jumped to the top of my head were my two favorite movies that I'm watching now on DVD, which were, and I've spoken many times about it. I love Superbad. Um, And seeing that movie at Comic-Con was probably one of my favorite movie-going experiences, so that was great. And then watching over and over again on DVD, I love Hot Rod. And I know you guys are like, eh, Hot Rod. I love that movie. My friends are starting to get into it. That's the one with Andy Samberg, the wannabe stuntman. Yes. Hilarious. And then for my third, I'm trying to think if there was... And I'm trying to think of... I, I wanted to find like a... Like a smart like movie like all you guys watch, but but I kept falling asleep. Well, no, I'm trying. I can't remember. I'm sure there was one back in the year. I'm like, oh, that was really good. But I like don't go to see those movies well, here, normally. Listen to what we talk about and they just go, yeah. Well, then, but my <laughs> that last was good. That was good. But my last favorite one, I think, was I really enjoyed Spider-Man Three. I know a lot of people bagged on it, but it was my favorite of the trilogy. I second um, that. I and, think Rick um, seconded that at the time. And I don't know, you know, I, I, you know, a lot of people complain, oh, the dancing scene in Murma. And I always have to explain to him, well, he was wearing the black costume. That's why. <laughs> Which explains why he became Joel Grey in Cabaret. Exactly. <laughs> you don't know what you don't, crazy you don't know planet that guy yeah. came from. Maybe it was a dance in Cabaret. Venom's from the planet of the Fosses. <laughs> So, you know, I'll, I'll say that. Super Bad Hot Rod and Spider-Man 3. That's a respectable list. Super bad. It's, not a bad, it's not a bad list, very, especially very for good. a Fanboy Planet Spidey podcast. Spidey feet. They're not expecting some Swedish no. melodramas out of us. At least God knows. I hope they're not. Okay. Oh, and Ghost Rider. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I love jelly beans, too. Uh, Anywho. Um, <sighs> movies. I, uh, I didn't attend a lot of screenings this year, so I, I'm not really up on my movies. But you still watch movies. But I did still watch a lot of movies. Let me tell you what I watched, people. Mr. Brooks. I loved Mr. Brooks. Demi Moore. Oh, that's why you liked it. Dame Cook. Cook. Mm-hmm. Kevin Costner. Uh, 
Who's the, who's, the, who's the guy that talks to Kevin Costner? William Hurt. William Hurt, that's right. Yes, uh, excellent. If you're, if you're fans of Dexter, uh, Mr. Brooks is sort of that same concept, but taken to a much darker place. That uh, was all, one heck of a creepy movie, and it didn't do well. All, Unfortunately, they, no. they're not going to get to finish their Mr. Brooks trilogy. That Ooh, that would have been awesome. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> that film was really good. I enjoyed that. They can go direct the video. I also finally I caught so. up on my Chuck Berry Hail Hail Rock and Roll, one of the finest documentaries I watched uh, this year. Uh, that was uh, 87? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm behind. You are catching up. It's okay. I just watched oh, The Great Dictator last night for the, the movie's first been time. Out, the movie's nice. been out of print for quite a while, so I, I did finally catch up to it. Um, what's his name from uh, The Rolling Stones? Uh, Mick Jagger? The other one. Keith. Keith. Keith Richards. I couldn't Keith remember his last name. Keith Richards is in it, does a uh, live concert Captain with, Teague. with Chuck Berry, and uh, it, it's all very well documented. The other thing I enjoyed was uh, the uh, Penn & Teller Magical Mystery Tour. Yes. I've never seen that. Penn & Teller uh, go to China, Egypt, and India each. They, they get in very involved with local culture and search out the roots of magic. It? Was this your card? <laughs> the roots of magic in that car, in that culture, and it's, oh. it's sort of half documentary, half magic show. That the sounds India section alone. That yeah. sounds absolutely but fascinating. To, to really see how uh, Indians do magic is disgustingly wonderful. Is that on? Is that on DVD now? Yes. Yeah. And this and came out last year, or this was older. Oh, or? See, I throw it out there. It's either know. it's recent. Okay. I saw it in 2007. He, they okay. go to they go to China and they go to where all the the magicians and the acrobats. It's actually taught as a trade there. You can go to magician school, and they've set up like magic theme parks that no one goes to, but they still perform. It's so. It's so comic book creepy, but real, <laughs> because it's all state funded. Road trip. So that they, <laughs> no, something. They actually go Fanboy Planet in China. Oh my god! And sit there and go to this like freezing, uh, ice cold amusement park where people are doing like you know magic tricks, pulling rabbits out of hats. That they are there just how- empty roller coasters going around? There are no roller coasters. It's all just magic, but it's all state funded. So this, these are their people's jobs. They perform. Whether there's anyone there or not, and no one goes there. I want to get a picture of the guy performing in the rain with no one in there. Yeah, yeah, the and first place I ever heard of that was uh, Ricky Jay's uh, History of Magic books. Uh-huh. And uh, wow. then they then they go to uh, Egypt to look to see if there are actually hieroglyphics of like uh, people Pulling doing a rope trick. No, uh, rope trick. The rope trick. Oh, okay. And and uh, Penn actually thinks he sees a juggler in one of them. Which yeah. is gonna oh no, the ring trick. The ring trick, right? Everybody does the ring trick. Every every country they go to, someone does the linking rings mm. thing, and they're just so bored by that. So they wanted to see if there was hieroglyphics where someone was actually doing the linking rings, <laughs> and they, they go into a you know. It's, now it's that very sounds absolutely fascinating. I gotta get that. I gotta find that. I've yeah. gotta find that. So that's my recommendation for movies. Peep time out. Wow, Sweet. nice job. Top good, that, good. You just educated well us. <laughs> How do I follow that? You don't, Rick. But I you're do. gonna have to anyway. I do. Stardust. Okay, good. Okay. I loved, good start. I, I liked it a lot. I, it, I thought it, Robin Williams was great in it. I I thought that, uh, you know, the... the I, uh, I like... I'm sorry, I can't I, follow I that. I don't recall Robin Williams. Oh, I'm sorry. Robert De Niro was completely playing Robin Williams. Okay, that's fair enough <laughs> yeah. then. Okay. Yeah, Robert De Niro. I, I thought that he was improperly criticized in his role. I thought he was absolutely fabulous from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just thought it was a well, it was a nice adaptation. Absolutely adapta- fabulous. <laughs> he was a nice drunk British chick on Comedy Central. <laughs> nice adaptation Pretty of much. the book and uh, very satisfying. Moving right along, Enchanted. Oh, it's on mine, too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
just an absolutely fun. Uh, oh, wait, hold it, hold it. Now, Rick, I have filled out your movie personality quiz on Facebook, and I happen to know you and I both hate love story movies. <laughs> That's why we're officially listed as, as soulmates. soulmates. <laughs> Gee, that totally kills the. <laughs> so I think you- I think we hated the movie, the love movies that they put. On the, uh-huh. yeah, if this they expanded out. This so you're one? saying Enchanted made you this fall in not... love with love movies all over again? No, no, I thought that this movie was well written, had yeah. great characters, it wasn't sappy all the way through. Dealt with some other things going on. Mm-hmm. I liked the magic in it. I liked the characterization of the. I love the sequences they did that were almost mockingly, mockingly overly sugared Disney uh, animation. And I thought just a nice subtlety of. Say Jody Benson, who played the Little Mermaid, playing the secretary with a fish tank, and part of your world playing. <laughs> I didn't catch that. Yeah, so that's what it, you know. I mean, there's a little <laughs> subtle in jokes to all the previous Disney films like that. Yeah, it's on my list. I love that movie. My last one is Beowulf. I know we're not soulmates, oh. but come on, Beowulf. Beowulf. Yes. Just, it was uh, good. I mean, okay. 3D movie. You had to see that thing in 3D. It was not a 3D gimmick movie, with the exception of one scene. That everyone will know which one was the gimmick scene. Yeah, I've seen it. The the spear point in his face. Yeah. Oh, I, I thought we were talking about Angelina Jolie's Golden Globe nomination. <laughs> <laughs> no, Those have been canceled. Yeah, that that was. Uh, I even thought that the Angelina Angelina Jolie stuff was uh, well done and and mm-hmm. so did I. didn't mind it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, That's so. all you've watched of it, isn't it? Uh huh. <laughs> over but, and over. Uh, uh, lost uh, interest. The the <laughs> human the human form animation stuff is almost there. It, yeah. I only got creeped out by the eyes like uh, about a dozen times, which sounds like a lot, but not 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 near as comparable I mean, to honestly, other movies. Honestly, John Sorry, Malkovich's animated eyes look more alive than <laughs> he <laughs> than his real eyes do. That's a good so, point. So I was okay with that. I really yeah. I, I found that almost distracting. Malkovich isn't supposed to look like a real person. No, uh, <laughs> so. you can always see the guy inside him. <laughs> oh, that's weird. That's true. I just watched uh, Man in an Iron Mask. Mm-hmm. Man in the Iron Mask. He's in that too, right? Yeah, he did look quite. Yeah, Malkovichian. Yeah, <laughs> he's not quite human. No. Uh, so, well, Enchanted's on my list. I have no particular order. I think Garcia was a little stunned by mine, but it's they're movies that I want to see again. Yeah, you know that I'd be willing to give money for. And of course, when you're a parent, you know you do watch a lot of these over and over. Uh, except, no, I'm not showing my kids Sweeney Todd. But Sweeney Todd is on my list. I love Sweeney Todd. I loved Enchanted. I'm gonna reach back. Here we go. January. Zodiac. January. Yes, saw mm-hmm. Zodiac. Zodiac. Now, the director's cut, so I'm not buying it on DVD yet because there's a director's cut coming in, I think, February. Uh, so I want to see what Fincher did with that. But uh, but it's always been a personal obsession, uh, you know, growing up in the Bay Area when Zodiac was most yep. active. And uh, so to see Robert Gray Smith's books, which helped me to sleep at night, uh, <laughs> you know, was like a relief. But it was such a great film as well. Mm-hmm. So... And I can't think of, you know, I mean, we walked out of, well, we took the Bard up to WonderCon last year, and the Metreon was having a special midnight showing of Zodiac. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought, you know, I haven't seen this film, but if it concludes that he's still out there somewhere stalking <laughs> the streets of San Francisco, I do not want to get out of the Metreon at 2.30 in the morning. <laughs> to get on Bard. <laughs> I liked uh, Zodiac 2. I remember watching that. It was a similar circumstance about midnight in New Jersey. So I was sleeping in a strange bed to add to that. But I had Andrew to keep me warm. So, and then uh, <laughs> Hey, shout out to Andrew <laughs> Preston. Woo, aren't you proud? <laughs> Actually, I watched that movie with Jack Rita. 
Which we oh, shout out to Jack Rita. Aren't we, you proud? We drank apple teenies while watching. Oh, hey, hey Jack. Oh, shout out to my <laughs> heterosexuality. Nice knowing you. <laughs> <laughs> Farewell. Let me be surprised, though, about one thing that nothing has not been mentioned here. Nothing has not been mentioned? No one has mentioned Knocked Up as one of the best movies of the year. Stopped it about 20 minutes in. I loved it. I thought it was I thought Knocked Up was funny, but I don't think it was the best movie of the year. I'd be like, I'll watch it again, but it, it's... It just wasn't a solid. I mean, like I said, you know, I mean, we limited ourselves to three. There are other movies that I've certainly yeah, enjoyed. I haven't seen it. You know, certainly, I mean, I liked Superbad. Um, yeah. You know, I, sort of the other. We should film. move on. No apologies. No, I, I make none. But I would go. say one underrated because DVD can do this. Yes. I just want to add one more. Mm-hmm. Actually, I have two, but um, one of them could satisfy TV. All right. I saw The King of Kong. Did anybody see that? Oh, I did not see The King of Kong, a documentary. Fantastic documentary. Like, like not really that, like, um, not really like an academic documentary, but just an entertaining I'm watch. impressed that you're the one that came up with the documentary and not Garcia. Ooh, What's funny about that is that it was, um, they are getting so much hell and probably a lawsuit because of the way they edited things. Oh. In particular, the scene, you know the scene where... Uh, he won't go into the restaurant because the guy's in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He actually did go in and bought everyone dinner. Oh, man. And that that one thing alone was enough. You know, once it's I making had him that, look like a jerk when yeah, he's not. Yeah, but uh, I have to say, if you're looking for a bad guy, there's your oh, ears bad so guy. Good, yeah, yeah. The 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 quote unquote villain of that story is uh, really just hard to like. I mean, but what's so great about the movie is, like I said, it's not really an academic documentary in the sense that. It, you know, it's all these facts and everything. It's just, it finds, you know, like every documentary should. Everything should tell a story. And it tells mm-hmm. a great story of the likable protagonist, the unlikable antagonist, this interesting quest they both they both partake in or whatever. And, you know, all that happens is they try to achieve their goal. And it's... Well, it's more a story, though, because not every documentary has, a, but that's uh, the, has an antagonist. Well, that's what I'm saying, though, is that, you know... Uh, what makes a strong, I think, entertaining, you know, watch or read right. or anything right. is, you know, You've having gotta have that a narrative. You've got to have a yeah, narrative. Having that formula. At least, so. at least for the mental capacities we have, the way we think, it's got to be narrative. I mean, but that was my last one for movies. Which so. one of these guys is a good guy? We must have had uh, good recommendations because I've written three things down so far. Okay, well, um, I was going to go to a couple of DVD things that came out that, again, meant to review, but I want to mention something that was that. You said back in August was going to totally pointing suck. Pointing at me. I am. I'm pointing at Rick Bretschneider. said this was totally going to suck, and that yep. is Underdog. Actually, really good kids film. Mm-hmm. Not a great, certainly not, but, you know, the Underdog DVD actually has an episode of Underdog. Really, far more entertaining to watch the live-action dog flying around than the Underdog cartoon. Are you suggesting that our memories of our childhood are not as romantic and fluffy as they appear to be? I might be. I might be. I might be. I don't think you can take the underdog from one episode because it was a character that developed over years (laughs) of subtle innuendo. Of t-shirts. Of t-shirts and bendy figures, and that's what we liked. True. You know, <laughs> and you remember there the really poem, is no need to fear because as underdog, underdog is, is here. Good. I looked up a couple episodes on YouTube, and no, it was still no. The movie was you know it was cute, it was but entertaining. Did anybody watch Underdog for Underdog? I usually watched for like Tennessee's Tuxedo, and then yes. the yeah. who are the like Indian like the, woodchucks? Uh, go go Gophers. Go go Gophers, and then the, all watch the other, them like, go go go. 
Uh, so I love those side stories on that show. So uh, love yeah, okay. But, um, you know, a lot of people apparently liked Underdog for Underdog. I, it, was a, it was a good movie. The DVD was actually kind of cute. Jason Lee came in and voiced the extras as Underdog. I and have to say, I, I do You like can maintain the illusion I for your child. I did enjoy the recent Underdog commercial. I haven't seen it. Really? Yeah, from Arby's? Yeah. <laughs> oh, He's such a shill, such a sellout. And it was J- it was Jason Lee doing the underdog. Really? Still, yeah. Oh wow. Okay, so there you go. How many, I, red, how many dogs in a red sweater do you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got to find that. But um, the other thing, as you say, mentioned Tennessee Tuxedo is I, I got uh, the Get Smart box set of the complete series. And oh my gosh, how politically incorrect is that show? God, I, like I, that show. I don't remember. I did not remember. I watched the first two episodes and went. This is just so freaking offensive. It's it's funny, but it's like, oh my gosh! But it's the the best box for a box that I've ever seen because you have to go through three openings yes. to get to the actual DVDs. You know, the, the different doors, three yeah. different doors, oh, three good. different sets of doors. Finally, the telephone booth is the, the last. The complete thing series to open. is available on DVD. Yes. Oh, it's uh, a. It's I, a 25 disc that, set. That, that show that show alone is one very good reason why it I is, did not have sex in high school. It is a it is, <laughs> it is available on the sidebar at Fanboy Planet from Time Life. Okay. Time Life has the rights, and uh, but they I couldn't believe who they got to do. You know that they got Barbara Feldon like hosts the whole thing. Hmm. Mel Brooks and Buck, Buck Henry came back to do commentary. Oh wow! Oh, uh, which surprises the heck <laughs> out of me. And Michael writes another. <laughs> and <laughs> damn it. And, you know, and it was just like, uh, and the great thing was like, watching it, realizing how many catchphrases sort of seeped through my my high school years as well, and my college years, because we right. used to watch it. Missed it by that, that much. much. That one I remember was from Get Smart, but the, I'm loving it. Yes. I had totally forgotten was it was Get Smart. So, I'm like, this is so much fun, and I can hardly wait, you know, and it's like a great way to totally ramp up. I mean, Steve Carell, they've got to redo it in so a was, uh, different way. The old banana in the tailpipe. <laughs> <laughs> That's the second that. biggest arrow I've ever seen. Uh, <laughs> it was uh, it was just so much fun. And the first, uh, the pilot's in black and white, and then it has this tie into Wild Wild West because the villain in the first one is Dr. Loveless, is Michael Dunn, is Mr. Big. Yeah. And, and it's just... It was just a heck of a lot of fun. I think and in, the first, in, in the first episode... Barbara Feldon's in this chauffeur costume. Yes, yes. And you totally remember that. Oh, man. Where she takes off another her, reason. Where right? she takes off her hat and he goes, why? Engine 99. You're all woman. <laughs> and then they start to kiss and then there's an explosion. It's like, yeah. whoa. Like, they don't even bother building sexual tension. It's just obviously a Bond parody that if smart is, you know. Attractive. Yeah. But you kids out there who didn't have Nick at Night, <laughs> they'll get rele- yourself some Get Smart. They are re-releasing the nude bomb with a full new set of stuff. But, you know, the nude bomb wasn't nearly that funny. And, and there's you know also what? a TV movie reunion. Yeah. None of, it, none of the stuff after the original series was any good, which makes me think that the Get Smart movie is going to be great because you always have that one moment where everything changes. But... The Nude Bomb was one of the films I saw as a kid. I think it was like eight. And I absolutely thought it was that and yeah, The Man with Bogart's Face were my two favorite The movies. Man with Bogart's, Bogart's Face. face. Yes. A, a Showtime classic. Yeah. I mean, it gives me hope for because Steve Carell is clearly not doing a Don Adams impersonation. Nobody could that would be tolerable to sit through. But it's a good choice for an update. But it, but just watching this, this DVD set is a reminder of, 
That was a really funny show, and I'd forgotten how funny it actually was. And again, how wrong. Can I do my top three DVDs for the year? Why Please not? Please do. I did this. Um, I actually thought about that. Uh, the first one, actually, I did not expect to love as much as I did, and actually discovered that the DVD set was actually worth it, was Psych. Uh, uh, off the USA Network, yes. the first season of Psych uh, is one of the few seasons of TV that I have found to be completely worth buying. Uh, the extras are really solid. Uh, the the episodes themselves are funny, and yeah, the jokes in that show are very uh, fanboyish. Yes, they're right up our giggle alley. The the episode particularly <laughs> where they go. I, to, I don't like that phrase. <laughs> the episode where they you go will to, later. <laughs> the episode where they go to TriCon, the Triangle Science Fiction and Star Trek convention, mm-hmm. is worth it. Uh, the second one, actually, I had thought there was a good one already, but I turned out I was wrong, was Forbidden Planet. The first good DVD release of Forbidden Planet didn't happen until this year. What's, what was wrong with the other ones? Uh, the other ones didn't have hardly any extras. It was extras actually The Tempest. <laughs> um, but there are, some, there are three great documentaries. I had the Laserdisc. The Laserdisc version Which had a lot great. of extras. Yeah. yeah, I love the Laserdisc version. But, and it cleaned it up. And okay. very rarely do I feel like a cleaned up thing is worth it. And this is one of those cases. That's why I don't like the edited version of the podcast. Date, I hope your um, girlfriend does a dating strategy, too. It yeah. works. Um, but Just yeah. pick him up out of the gutter. Hey, baby, let's look at the stars. But there's there's great extras on the Forbidden very Planet. Literate. Um, very literate. Strangely enough, the third DVD is one that actually got mentioned for best for the best movie of the year was Superbad. Oh. I thought the Superbad DVD... You saw the unrated? Yeah. yeah. was absolutely fantastic. It... It changed me. I changed me. It changed me. It was <laughs> a movie I'd waited for. My realized. Whole wait, is this what women? Wait, <laughs> women. I don't like the Apatow concept as much as I as I did. The after. fact that he exists, or what? <laughs> no, what his, the way he presents his comedy, the Project Apatow. Until I really, I saw Superbad and went, okay, that now makes sense. Mm-hmm. I okay. get that. He had never tackled... I, to me, I guess it was just he hadn't tackled the right subject matter. That, that spoke to you, whereas yes. I've always... Could I ask, because I, I tremendously enjoy the movie. What's new on the DVD? What's in the un... There's... But did, he didn't see the movie before, so he wouldn't know what uh, was new. DVD? Ah, yeah. super, super bad. bad. Oh. What's well, added? It, from what I've noticed is they just... Um, have extended scenes that they have already been in the movie. Okay. Well, you know, it's basically like when they're having a conversation that was normally in the movie, I think only like two minutes. In this movie, it's now like three minutes okay. or it's two and a half. You know, they've just added those. Basically, you know, the, I, I, what I'm guessing is the movie had, had trimmed the fat. So they took every joke one step too far. Pretty they, much. They put all almost, the fat back in. And I'm almost kind of disappointed with it because I remember it, liking it exactly the way it was. So when you go to watch this movie and you're all... What's that doing in there? That doesn't add any. You know, that wasn't as funny. You know, so it's kind of a letdown in that sense. But this is something I've been seeing more in movies where they sh- they say contains twenty minutes of additional footage, right? But they don't cut it into the film. They show it in the, the second menu, and you have the guy mm-hmm. saying, "Well, here's the scene. Here's the setup, and here's why we cut it." Right. right and right. you watch the scene, and you go. Yeah, good choice. Good choice. <laughs> and yeah, no, I usually end up loving that. Yeah, I, it's interesting to, to watch. Me, it's not about the pacing but, so much. Yeah, they they did that in Underdog, and I thought they they presented a way for like a kid's first lesson in film editing. You know, okay. <laughs> it was uh, uh, well, you know, that was kind of fun. We I watched it with my son, and you know, he's three, and 
it was just to him, oh, nice to see those characters do a little something extra, extra. Yeah. you know. And then and the, that it is narrated by underdog, so it never reveals that you know it's actually human unless you want to go to something deeper. Uh, a DVD coming out, uh, or maybe just released this week, that fanboys everywhere should probably at least go raise an eyebrow to. Swamp Thing, the television series. Mm. I love the cartoon? I did watch that. The live action. The live action. The live action. Yeah. So I haven't watched it yet. I've got it. I'm like, ah. Oh. oh, okay. Refresh I'm, me. I'm, in the movie, who was the girl? Adrian Barba. In Adrian the first Barba. movie, Heather Locklear was in Return of the Swamp Thing. Well, yeah. Okay. Not as good. Louis Jordan was in both. Really? Yes. Adrian Barbo. Mm. When I'm lost, are we on TV or DVDs? What are we on? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, 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 I didn't know it's, DVDs it's was a column. I thought it was TV, movies, and well, film. A lot of TV I, mean, I watched on DVD. DVD. I watched it. It all blurs. It all blurs. Okay, okay. You know, because there's not much actual television news except the strike's still going on. We're waiting okay, for things. Okay, okay. They still come out of my the okay. plasma screen. Well, let's get back on track. Lon, what would you like? TV. Are we doing DVDs? What did you watch on your television, whether it be live broadcast or DVD? Go, baby, go. All right. First thing that kicked my ass and blew me away, E. coli, the lost season finale. Yes, lost is on my list. Has anybody caught? I don't want. I won't spoil anything. I know what happened. Nobody else is caught up. Derek still got my season one. I was. DVDs, I meant to work on that this so. uh, Christmas vacation. But yes, everybody else who is caught yeah. up is caught up. Well, the whole right. season. Yeah, but, well, the, but the finale. Well, I'll say this much: I have a love-hate relationship with Lost. I love the first season. It loves you. Up until the very end, I got frustrated. Second season had me going for a while, teased me a little bit, slapped me around, and then disappointed me. Like a, just like your last like a scorned lover. <laughs> then the third season started Don't try off. to clean it up too much. It's uh, good. <laughs> then the third season started off with a lot of promise and then dragged out a long time. It was just really upsetting me, but then totally redeemed itself with the finale. And it just, it was two hours, and it felt like I was watching a movie. I was gripping the armrest. I was, like, so just enthralled. Just, um, for, just to, to bring anybody who's not entirely up on it, this was the whole culmination of the other storyline. Right. Along with the pilot. It was a great the, movie. That had parachuted in with the cell phone. Right. That they're going to call the boat that uh, supposedly was sent there by Penny. And changes the whole dynamic of the show. Yeah. Exactly. Now, that, now the show will do flash forwards and right. flashbacks, and, and right. we get the first flash forward. Yeah, and we realize that at the end of the at the end of the finale, that they actually have been off the island, and now it just totally and opens up well, the series. So for at like the, the end of last season, we got the the scene that was not a flashback, which was a scene off the island. Right, to show that, that there was, was the another first time war- that had right. happened. Right, and that's so why the three just, quarters of the internet fans who have been confidently saying they're in purgatory, they they're, all died, they're all they're wrong. wrong. Right, but I'm just Suck saying on that, that, Charles McKeithen. As I've been saying from the beginning, <laughs> and one of my biggest worries with the show is that it was going to turn into like a Gilligan's Island. Like every season, are we going to go? Do they get off the island or not? Oh, are they the Harlem Globetrotters coming? Right, through? and so yes. I thought the fact that they actually Did you catch their cameo forward, on Thirty Rock. <laughs> I didn't see that, but anyways. That was awesome. Okay, so last season finale. I TV, what else? Yep. Um, the, one of my gr- favorite shows of the summer, which I hope comes back. I don't know if I haven't heard anything about it because of the writer's strike, but I really loved Burn Notice on USA. Oh. Uh, likeable uh, lead character. I forget his name. It's like Jeremy something. Anybody, I don't know. 
Um, he was in another USA series that I watched for a few ones. I don't then, remember. Sort of in like an X-Files but then, thing. But for, then for the died. fanboy tie-in... Second side or something like that. Yeah. Oh, is that was, But for the fanboy tie-in, it's got Ash, Bruce Campbell, mm-hmm. as his trusty sidekick. And, or not that trusty. Well, sure. But I mean... And, you know, who doesn't love Bruce Campbell? I mean, like... So it's so fun to watch. You have this likable lead guy. You have, you know, his funny, you know, Bruce Campbell sidekick. It's got action. It's got suspense. It's tongue in. Che- it's not tongue in cheek. It's not campy, but it's all single episodes at the same time with an ongoing kind of storyline following. I really never cared about the ongoing storyline. Well, you know what? It's you're kind of like you know you can live. Did you just with write the whole, that down, Rick? That I Bern, just wrote it down. I never heard of it before. Check? Yeah, yeah. and it's and it's one of those where you can watch a single episode, and it's almost kind of like I've never really watched The Equalizer, but it's kind of like that show where it's like he's kind of the mystery guy who helps others who sort are sort of a team and kind one of guy. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, you can kind hire like, him and he'll take care of your problems, right? And but he's, so he's kind of like a hero for hire, but. You know, ex-CIA guy. But, but not wearing kung fu slippers. No. Booties. Booties. But, um, yeah, so Burn Notice was really good. Um, this last one, I'm going to qualify it as movie since I saw it. I mean, uh, TV, since I saw it on TV. But technically, it goes for all three categories, movie, DVD, and TV. Battlestar Galactica Razor. Okay. I found very entertaining, very good. Acting was awesome. But then again, that's Battlestar Galactica. It's always good. Um, the chick was hot, and uh, and then my final one is the best show of the year. My new favorite show, um, Lawn's top three or four. Go well, ahead. this is the, you know this is the culmination right here. Bring it, baby! This is the finale. My favorite of the year is Reaper. I am totally in love with that show. Um, everything about it is good. Storyline's great. Um, supporting characters or main character, likable, fun. Um, the de- Ray Wise is the devil is awesome. Who was in Swamp Thing and RoboCop and Twin Peaks mm-hmm. um, and my dreams. But then, of course, you Reaper probably has the best sidekick in Sock. Whoever that I don't know the characters or the actor's name, but Sock is probably the best sidekick to come along in popular culture. Certainly and the best sidekick name in a long time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sock. How can you not like that? Much yeah. better than Geek. So, <laughs> I, so, yeah. So there you go for TV for 2007. Excellent. Reaper kicks my... How about something that, that ended 2007 with a bang for us, our stateside listeners, and of course many of our fans, uh, our listeners in the United States, uh, have probably downloaded it. <clears throat> we don't know how. They just did. Doctor Who, Voyage of the Damned, yeah. the Christmas special for All 2007. All you Americans who don't have BitTorrent, turn off your uh, computers and iPods now. You, you named it. Anyway, yeah, so many of us have gotten to see it. Yes, we've Except we've Garcia, seen it. who bragged about getting it before us. But didn't. <laughs> but let's, just, let's, just, let's just quickly go around. A through F grading there, Derek. Uh, I'm going to give it a B, maybe a B Chris minus. Garcia. Shut up. I also give it a B, Rick. C plus. Mm. I I enjoyed it. I sure liked seeing Kylie Minogue. Yes. Um, but the storyline left me. I mean, I'm tired. I'm I'm tired of robots with with faces that don't move except for the jaws. And I, I really felt, 
felt really rehashed. I really thought when they took off their halos, when they were reaching up the first time to take them off, that they were going to reveal a mask. That yeah. the mask was going to come off and there would be something more interesting underneath. Just the antenna left over from holding up the halos. Right. Right. You've got these menacing robots. It's uh, they look very cool, but I agree. We've seen it. And it's, uh, it, well, we've seen it. Uh, the only cool. thing that fooled me was that I really, I don't know why. They were interesting. But at the end of the third season, when the Titanic crashed through, I just assumed it was going to be on the Titanic. Yeah. I think that that was their get, though. That was their get, and so that was a clever change. That it was actually an intergalactic voyage. You know, I appreciated I that. I twist. didn't mind the Titanic in outer space thing. I think Douglas Adams has done it before, though. Uh, yes, I think so. Uh, the it just felt a little rehashed because even there was an. It reminded me in some ways thematically of the Doctor dances. Which was the the episode yes. of World War Two yeah. with, with Are you my mommy or mommy? Right. Mommy? Right. That the idea that he is to remind us that he is haunted by all the lives that he right. loses. And that's just no more. And that's when he really just like jumps into action and <clears throat> Yeah. I mean so we've visited that idea before. Yeah. I don't think we'd quite given it to David Tennant. He hadn't had that chance to show that but I don't think they wrote it well enough. So no. I thought it was rehashing a lot of themes but it, and mostly teasing us for Season four, right? But I really thought once they got, I was with it right up until they got to where they had to cross that little strip over the engines and stuff, and that's where the first guy dies. Mm-hmm. As soon as that started, I thought that's hokey. I mean, I know it's Poseidon Adventure. I know that '60s uh, disaster movie. We've got to get across this thing. Some character doesn't make it to show how dangerous it is. That felt very just cornball. Then I saw the whole angels twist coming. They're going to fly down. Then they're going to stand there and they're going to deflect them with pipes. Now we're hokey. Yeah, that was really hokey. It's like, oh, it's so ca- it's so hard to carry you know, to crawl over this this yeah. this space, and then all of a sudden we're like swinging bats around. And, and then five minutes standing. later, David Tennant runs back across it. Right, real quickly, no. <coughs> and yet, it still earns a B. It's still got a B because I mean, it still had some funny lines in it. I thought it had some interesting characters. Not the little devil guy. I thought he was just totally there to lame. serve a. Yeah. A purpose and then go away. Talk funny. And I, funny. I fell for Kylie Minogue. I was like, yeah, she could join. She could join. I'd be all right with that. And I, damn it, you got me again. You made me fall in love with another companion. I hate that. I hate that because <laughs> I know she's not staying. Yeah. So, which means we're going to have to do this a fourth time. And now I just feel cheap. And oh, okay. <laughs> you haven't watched it all the way through. And I'm I've, trying I've not missed to the spoil. last five minutes. Yes. So, how do you know she's not going to be a companion? Isn't that the announcements that she would only be in a one show? Yeah, she, okay. was she was only going to be in one show. Okay. Way to go. So, yeah. yeah. So it's already pre-spoiled by, right. by the casting. Right. right. And you know, well, we close with a B. I mean, it's exciting to see Doctor Who. We, it's just feeling it's kind of recycling some themes. Well, two of us said B, buddy. No, you said B minus. Uh-huh. And still averages out into a B minus, then not a C plus. All right. Well, then let me pose this question to you. Yes. Pose. How would the Christmas episode of Doctor Who... Fair for a non-viewer like myself. It would Ooh, that's go okay. a good one. You, well, you, you miss the fact that it, there's a great scene when they go down to Earth from the ti- from the spacebound Titanic, and it's mm-hmm. the streets are empty, and they say, "Why?" Well, the last couple of years, every Christmas time, there's been an alien mm-hmm. invasion. It's <laughs> a reference to the last two Christmas, two Christmas specials, and so. he's trying to explain how Christmas is. He goes, "Oh." Yeah, all my Christmas is pretty much like this. You know? yeah. <laughs> it's not violent. So it, it's, it's that good stuff that I enjoyed. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it too. But I, Lon was and Kylie Minogue and boots for somebody and yeah. uh, and seamed stockings. <laughs> totally. All right, and seamed and a very green. short skirt. Well, well she we're, was amazing. we're glad she's back. But it's one of those things because that I can she write had off a bad, as, as know, Christmas episode. I can't get her out of my head. Ooh. 
Oh, you just had to make that that joke on the podcast. <laughs> Great. Okay. Wow. He's like a locomotion trying to force those I jokes. I know. In. It's like the yeah. fifth time I've heard him say it tonight. Okay, go ahead. This year, I yeah. really enjoyed Dexter. If you are not watching Dexter, you're missing the best pay TV show out there right now. I think. I've perhaps seen parts of it. It's perhaps good. only second to Lost. I know I, my wife, and it, it's it's all about. It's sort of like CSI, but if this lead CSI guy was himself a serial killer, it is done uh, very well. My wife watched the first episode of season one and immediately spent the rest of the weekend watching the other eleven. And the second season, I would worry there would be a dip in quality, and there was not. In fact, they added the hot British girl from Hustle, which made it so much more awesome. <laughs> Was the uh, I didn't see it. I was told it though. Was the season finale satisfying to you? Very okay. My brother hey. just explained it to me, and it sounded okay. Like they tied up all the loose ends, but I wanted to know from a fan and who actually saw and, uh, it. Michael, have you read any, any of the novels? That no, the because show is based on I, the novels, from what I understand, and this is just you know internet chatter, are not as high quality as the show. That the show actually hmm. polished the novels up quite a bit. Well, that's a change. Yeah, but the, no- the novels were sort of pulpish, and, mm-hmm. this, and this took it to the next level. Okay. It made it a viable concept. Loved it. Uh, I finally caught up on Deadliest Catch, Discovery Channel, uh, Alaskan crab fisherman, very rugged, manly show, and it's just so nice to watch from the comfort of my... catching crabs. Catching Alaskan king crabs. Oh, okay. And it's the world's deadliest <laughs> thing to catch. <laughs> there's a, there's a follow-up show where a bunch of manly guys <laughs> catch crabs down at Presidio. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hosted by a deadliest ointment, narrated by Mike Rowe from Dirty Jobs, and it's it's okay. another one of those shows you can tune in on a Saturday afternoon and then watch. Like and there's gonna be a lot of those because, of course, you know, there's nothing new on television. So fine with me. Those Love reality show. shows, we're gonna see the see those a lot of. So those, those are your three. And Doctor Who on, on the TV front. I mean, I loved the end of the third yeah. season. thought it was great. Yeah. All right. And what about Lon? Did you? Yeah. I did TV, but I had a, two two more to add. Okay. Oh, wait, wait, wait. One more TV to add, and it's it actually goes close to the greatest catch. Um, one of my favorite new shows of last year was uh, Human Weapon. Has anybody watched Human Weapon on, uh, I think it's on the History Channel? No. Uh, Human Weapon is basically takes two, uh, I guess, martial artists. One guy's a like a mixed martial artist. The other guy's kind of like a pro. Not really a pro wrestler, but he's I guess he's labeled as a wrestler. Um and they basically travel to different – basically what they do is they explain the history of every martial art. And the challenge of every show is they try to learn a little bit of every martial art. They study it with, like, the great masters. And then they actually have a match at the end to try and see if they can, you know, be a human weapon, essentially. So what's interesting is I've always been a fan of martial art movies and, you know, skills. I've never taken it. But it's always interesting to see fighting styles and everything else. And so they go to, like, France and study Savat, and then they, they go to Israel and study Krav Maga, and they go to, I don't know, somewhere, and they, they study Taekwondo. He, he and was my uncle. Krav Maga? Uncle Krav? Uncle Krav. I was thinking well, how unusual it is for France to have their own martial art. Well, yeah, it's funny. It's, it's a lot of slapping. <laughs> well, what it is, it's actually... It's involved in your feet. It's running. <laughs> well, yeah, Savat is a defensive. They explain it. It's a very defensive martial art. In which you throw up your feet and roll over. It's a, yeah. it's a very good show. But what's great, my favorite part of the show is they show the different moves that they're they're attempting, and they do like a uh, like a graphically animated slow motion, like kind of two like bodies like fighting each other, and they actually show the the physics of every move. 
And they show like, you know, once the leg hits this point and the knee, you know, the leg moves past the knee, the foot can move at a velocity of 45 miles an hour, causing a crushing blow to blow, you know, so it's, it has the science of the moves. It has the, you know, history of the, the art form. And, it, and the two hosts are very entertaining and very down-to-earth and human. It's a fun watch. Does so human a, weapon. Does it have a warning every episode saying, don't try this at all? You know what's kids? funny is, is I've never, I don't know if I've ever seen one. I, it must, but. I'm going to go kick my brother right now. Yeah, yeah. I, I can imagine a lot of uh, America's Funniest Home Videos coming out it of It might. But the funny thing is, is I always catch it kind of like right after it starts or somewhere in the middle or whatever. It's like I've never seen it from the very, very beginning. To Derek, come here. I've got a science experiment for you to participate in. <laughs> oh, great. I got a couple. Um, one, I got to say the last five, Starfighter. five episodes of Lost yeah. was the best TV last season, without question. Um, the, yeah, you did say that. Oh, okay. But, but uh, Chris, Chris yeah. wasn't listening to you. Well, no, you just said the, the last episode. I enjoyed all the seasons. But I, the, season the last Lost. five in particular. Lost was number one on my good. list. Yeah. So we can continue yeah. talking about okay. it. Yeah. The but, one shot with the guy, the people, the girl, girl and guy couple who were looking for the diamonds. Oh, yes. that was the spiders. Awesome. That was a that was a that was an EC comic moment. Yeah. yeah. Um, the other one, I have to say, you know, yes, I know it's a critic's darling, but Pushing Daisies. That's number two on my uh, list. <laughs> well, Rick's a critic darling himself. Yes. Uh, Pushing He's a Daisies, darling critic. Uh, brilliantly quirky, uh, just wonderfully done. But Pushing f- Daisies pushes, oddly enough, the, the, the whole of TV production yes. values. And I predict that we are going to see more shows. We're going to throw more money into building special sets and doing less live shots in Vancouver. They will do more more staged, built. And, it, and it's interesting because that. that was the one that most people, after they'd seen the pilot and the second episode, Barry Sonnenfeld, who did uh, Men in Black, shot those first two, was fired by the network because of how expensive... He had made those two episodes. Hey, you know what? You spend a little money, but you produce a quality product. But Doctor Who. But that money was spent, and then they could still use those sets, and they still managed. Yeah. There's no appreciable drop in quality from the succeeding episodes, even though they did cost less. You might have he's, to build some more stuff. He spent the, the money up front. Yeah. And, and and it shows, and it works. It's gorgeous. It's yeah. an absolutely gorgeous show. And the that that annoyed me more about the writer strike than anything. The premise is great. The idea that we have a brand new type of sexual tension, mm-hmm. an amazing new type of sexual tension. Oh, Michael and I've oh. had that for years. So, uh, yeah. the well, la- wait, wait, though. that sexual tension isn't brand new, though. Okay, when That's else? A, have, when else have you had a situation where if the lovers touch, one of them dies? Rogue and Gambit. Wow. I wish you are married. <laughs> um, the last one, though, is. I, I, it has Ellen Green and Swoozy Kurtz. Broadway people get to have great parts. That's right. And her name is Swoozy. I love Swoozy Kurtz. <laughs> and, uh, Who doesn't love Swoozy? Kristen Chenowitz, and I don't want to strangle her. Yeah. Well, there we go. No, no, no. She was fabulous as Mrs. Noodle from Sesame Street. No, no one no. else has a two year old? No. no. No, she was. No. no. She She's fills never, in for Bill Irwin. As she was great and Miss, wicked. Yeah. It's actually mis- mis- she made me hate Bewitched, and I so could have loved it. I didn't see Bewitched. No, you couldn't have loved Bewitched. I it wasn't good. Okay. Okay. But uh, the third one, my last one, is actually two in one. It's the Family Guy and Robot Chicken Star Wars specials. Yeah. Okay. They. They. I completely forgot about the Robot Chicken. They, or I would have put it top of my list. They both killed me. Yeah. Um, the particularly the, the Family Guy one. <laughs> The robot chicken one, genius. The, uh, the family guy one where I didn't have the expectation. Yeah. 
I will. I would. I would give it to Family Guy over Robot Chicken because of the number of things they just rehashed from previous Robot Chicken, Robot Chicken things. Yeah. yeah. Family Guy took the whole the series as a movie straight straight through, whereas and, Robot Chicken and was, that they essentially had this very same argument at the end of the Family Guy episode. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that was brilliant. True. <laughs> true. 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 And I mean. The the couch bet the all of that stuff yeah. just killed no, me. No, make it an angle. <laughs> we gotta gotta tilt it up. I'll just hang on to it. <laughs> but I thought that the the, the, ending, the ending bit with the argument between Chris and Peter yes. was so funny. Yes. Nope. Not I, a fan. I'm not a fan. <laughs> Saw something on the internet <laughs> that killed me. So those are my that's my favorite in TV this year. I agree with that. My uh, mine goes really fast because number one. Was lost the whole season. I enjoyed. I enjoyed it. All the, the Hurley six the, episodes. Hurley in the bus. Oh, yeah. The the whole the whole. And the bus. Dun, yeah. Dun, dun, dun. All the development okay, with uh, the Mekon. with Henry Gale. <laughs> Yeah, all, yeah, yeah. all the the backstory to why the others are there. More stuff about more old videos of the projects, and you just have to accept Lost. I mean, I know a lot of people bag in the second season, but if you just don't look at it with like a super critical eye, it is the best show in years. Yeah, the second of course, years pushing daisies. I already made my comments there. I think it's fabulous. Looking forward to getting him back. And the, my last one's Tor- Torchwood. Because I think Torchwood did uh, for science fiction what Doctor Who can't because Doctor Who has this kind of, well, it's got to be a little bit silly. Torchwood was not a little bit silly. Torchwood was a little bit dark, a little bit uh, evil, a little bit selfish, a little bit sexy, a little bit Mm -hmm. uh, just... It was, there were some very there were some unlikable characters. Yeah. I mean, they're still likable, but you see all their You have flaws. real conflict in that yeah, show, yeah. which you don't have in a lot of shows. And conflict makes for good stories. And you had some great stories, too. I still my The first one I ever watched, which is still one of my favorites because it was a different type of story, was Random Shoes. Yes. Told through the eyes of the dead guy, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and and the Torchwood guys aren't in most of the episode, but it was just a well-written, mm-hmm. interesting mm-hmm. story. So, and yeah. the, the finale is terrific. And yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. So absolutely, I, I don't have a top three. I mean, I know that I, you know, because it would echo. I I love. Didn't Reaper. you send out the email saying prepare? I know, top but three. T- I mean, but can TV we just shows, talk about that? But TV second, shows. No? I got everything else, buddy. Fine. Uh, you know, because I, I watch TV, so time shifted. I mean, I've enjoyed certain things like My Name Is Earl has completely reinvented its premise, yep. and and it's great. Uh, I'm still la- laughing at Thirty Rock. You know, it kills me week after week. I say the top three new shows. I'm I was determined not to be hooked on any of them, and I'm totally hooked on Chuck. I'm totally hooked on Reaper, and I'm totally hooked on Pushing Daisies. If and, I had had a fourth, uh huh, it would have been Big Bang Theory. Oh, yeah. oh, see, and there it is. And then you, idiot, got us all addicted to Big Bang Theory. Sorry. That's true, but I actually watched that at work. Like, I can download that. <laughs> yeah. I finally saw the Halloween one. one. And there's no irony. You know, there's an irony in calling you the because you're the smartest one of us. But really, still, it, it was like Rick told us, Big Bang Theory, it's our lives. Yes. Since you finally saw the Halloween, isn't the best joke in that where they all dress as the a flash? flash. Yeah, and then the one suggests <laughs> that they all line up <laughs> like they're running around. <laughs> 
And I just thought, there's a joke like 10% of the nation gets. It reminds me of that tick animated tick episode where the where the sewer urchin opens his closet and he's got polar ice cap sewer urchin costume. The desert storm. It was like, they're making fun of action figures. And only 10% of the people watching the tick get that. So... I was patronized by a Hollywood producer when I said, that's that's to me funny. He goes, well, I'm glad that they made a joke for Someone you. Someone laughed. <laughs> it's the Doppler effect. Yeah. <laughs> a retarded <laughs> zebra? <laughs> All right, enough for quotables from... <laughs> well, it's a good show. If you're not... Oh, God. The Office would be another one that is just solid performer, totally quotable. I have one complaint with The Office, though. Yes. Love The Office. But is it just me... Are they turning Michael into Homer Simpson? He is getting awfully dumb. Yes. Yeah. There's some parts where I'm like, come on, nobody can be a manager of a major company like this and do the stuff that this guy's doing. Because he, it, the first couple of seasons, he, he turned into, I mean, in the original like season or whatever, he was kind of a boob, but he was still a competent salesman or mm-hmm. or he had some some experience. Now, like season three, I think we're on, He's just, like, retarded right now, and you're kind of like, you know, it's like, how does this guy even drive a car? Yeah, you know sort of, I mean? Well, yeah. And he couldn't even do that. He just hit white, that chick with the Yeah, car. Dwight drives him everywhere. <laughs> well, if I were to throw in anything also, it would be King of the Hill, a show that I had denied for years. No, I'm done. Decent. No, sorry. But, I deny that. Uh, no. Watch the episode <laughs> where <laughs> Cotton <laughs> dies. And that the episode... The entire crop dies? <laughs> yes. Bow uh, weevils. Oh, it's no. a sad day when cotton dies. Uh, wow, we'll I can wear polyester <laughs> blends. <laughs> but Gar- that, and Goodson kills him. That is, the entire season <laughs> has been good. All right. I don't like Garcia uh, recommends King of the Hill. All right. You know, I, okay, there you go. Uh, no, there you go. No, there you go, buddy, because well, the next I thing... I go I'm, again I'm on my own. <laughs> the only thing I can say now is we've got you here. Is there any last wrestling you'd like to talk about for 2007? Well, 2007 is, of course, the year... Oh, of the we're out of time. Okay, <laughs> good. It's it's the year in steroids, really. Um, uh, they've Again, they've canceled the supposed hearings they were supposed to have for steroids and wrestling. Uh now they're going for steroids in baseball. Go figure. But uh, it's... Tim, it's, we're podcasting. We're getting some crosstalk. Yeah. But uh, big news is going to be that uh, we're getting John Cena back sooner than we expect. Oh, So, so he should be at WrestleMania. Uh-huh. So... Uh-huh. Hey, Chris. Hey, Elon. Any, any surprises for the Royal Rumble that you might be able to hint at for us? Bobby Lashley's going to be back more than likely. Worlds will die. Um... I also think that we're going to get. Oh, that's there's there's talk that RVD will make his official full time comeback there. Boy. I just read his blog. I don't think he's big. Bardo will be re- resurrected. <laughs> the the big weird one, from Jimmy Olsen, mm-hmm. is there is a lot of talk about uh, Jericho winning the whole thing and going on to the end uh, to me to WrestleMania. That's. That's a weak thought in my opinion because I honestly think Triple H would be the better challenger. But what are you going to do? But Triple H has had the belt so many times that. Well, he has to have it more than Flair. Does that, he? That's really. The key. Do you really think he has to? Yeah. Don't you think to. he respects Flair not to though? No, I think that's exactly why. You he think has that's to. what he's building to? Yeah. Is, I've debated that many times in my mind. Is Flair going to retire <laughs> this Monday? <laughs> is Flair going to retire this Monday? Yes. No, Flair is retiring uh, either the night of WrestleMania 
or the week before he'll lose the match and then they'll give him his send-off at WrestleMania with him going into the Hall of Fame. Interesting. Okay. Dude, he just said two weeks ago. Where is that Hall there. of Fame? It's in Titan Towers, actually. If you go Wait, in, there's actually in a Hall Titan, of Fame. Titan Towers Tower? in San Francisco? It looks like a giant T. T. <laughs> Cyborg <laughs> is is running the whole place? Yes. Wow. It's very strange. But no, it's actually in Stamford, Connecticut. No, it's in San Francisco. I've seen the show. <laughs> it, it was so, in New York, but then um, a hive Stop. destroyed it. All right, what else we got on that little list? That is it. Man. Take Take us home. End, end of the year. year. Hey, what we've got is that, is that elusive comics and games at two seven two five El Camino Real Suite one hundred five in Santa Clara. Party in progress. Is hosting a party. Continues to, <laughs> continues to be offering a party and continues to be having great deals and being a, a really clean, well lighted shop for books, for comics. It's an exciting place to be in there, and they're kind enough to host us and games. And, and you know, I, and I've I've been a lifelong Bay Area resident, and I've been to most of the open comic book shops in the Bay Area. Lee's Comic. Let's not name names, but uh, yeah, that was that was bad. This is the finest comic book shop in the Bay Area. I concur. It, you know, I like it. You know what kind of place? Free? You know what place it is? It's the only <laughs> place I buy my comics. Absolutely. Okay, and so uh, stop by here. You know, we'll be podcasting next Friday. I'll assume because uh, once again, comics are new. Comics are Friday, uh, January fourth. Bring gin. Okay, and then we're going to be back to our Wednesday schedule. You can usually find us in the evenings on Wednesdays. New come on by. Days. We've had some great uh, people come by and be on the mic and give Filmed us. Filmed in uh, front of a live studio audience. If only there were people here, you know, mm-hmm. uh, except they're on the other well, side of off, the store. It's an off week. We didn't say we were going to. Yeah, so there you go. Well, thanks. I'm Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of FanboyPlanet.com. Send all your comments, questions, oh, you. and if you have a favorite three of the year, You'd like to notify us about if you're Mario Anima, maybe if yeah. you've seen Mario, right into editor at Fent. No, I've got some articles coming for Mario. Well, I actually good. have it, but have I, you actually seen him? I have no, I've not seen him, but I have one. Uh, he started his own blog, and uh, I'm Michael Goodson at Goodson Junk Mail at Gmail dot com. Yeah, don't Email me that. all you want. <laughs> he won't read it. <laughs> and no, but what's your email, Derek? What, you editor know? at fanboyplanet.com. I'm Rick Brett Snyder, and I'm not going to tell you my email address because you can write to editor at fanboyplanet.com. Absolutely. And And I'm Lon. And I'm Chris. And we're the Wonder Twins. Yeah. Uh, I used to like Jaina. Now you've ruined uh, it. You should read Falls Count Anywhere. going to be once a week from here on out. Yes. On... (laughs) Fanboyplanet.com. <laughs> the the, the goodsonification of Garcia out your has Brett's begun. Garcia. <laughs> and please go to moronlife.com for your comedy and moronic needs. Absolutely. And that's the Fanboy Planet staff reminding you to use, use your, your powers, powers only for good. Happy New Year, everybody. Or- And thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.lukeski.com. <laughs> this podcast just became uneditable. <laughs> Don't even bother. Just, let's just, just announce at the beginning it's uneditable. Let's just put it up with a warning. <laughs> well, weeks ago he went pretty much unedited. Last, I, th- I thought last week turned out really nice. I'm going to say it's unedited. <laughs>
uncensored. None Can I borrow your anaconda? I'd just like to see it for a moment. Here, I'll lend you mine. <laughs> should have kept it. It's soft. <laughs> like Chris. <clears throat> okay. All right. I'm also pH balanced. Let's do this thing, people. On, bring us home. What's well, added? You, um, you don't no, know. They've added. Thank, your spe- thank you for speaking. Occasionally walks to the bathroom and then comes. I back. had to piss out toxins. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we, we do it on air. <laughs> All right, so... Thank you, uh, EPA urine. Uh, <laughs> no, just super bad. It-